Maren Sykes is the founder and CEO of Truth Collective, which helps leaders and companies get really clear on their values. She starts conversations and gives people permission to figure out what they really want out of their life and work, not just checking the boxes. It's something she had to learn herself. At the age of 10, she was ranked as the third best swimmer in America in her age group. She went on to swim in college. But here's the thing, she hated swimming, but kept doing it because she thought that's what everyone else wanted her to do. She'll tell you, she spent decades dealing with perfectionism and people pleasing before she finally connected with her truth. Now she teaches other people to do the same work she's done in her own life. This is Lauren Sykes, The Truth Teller. But before we begin, did you know you can watch this entire episode on YouTube? Yeah, I know. Every interview, every awesome moment, it's all been captured on multiple cameras in our studio in Nashville. Just know you can always check out these full interviews on YouTube and then also really feel like you're sitting with me with each guest. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, comment on the videos you like best, and be a part of our community. Just look up Amstigator. Let's get started. Lauren Sykes, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Let's start by playing a game. You ready? Okay. Tell me, first of all, when was the best time in your whole life? So, honestly, it's now. Like, I love the work that I'm doing every day. I get to show up and talk to people about what matters in their life, um, help them innovate, change, grow. And it's the first time I can actually say each and every person day in and day out is aligned um, with what I'm trying to do. Now, if I really want to talk best time, it's always traveling, always. But I just feel like everything right now and time ahead is exciting. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Like, what a great place to be. It is a great place to be. Yeah. Conversely, when was the worst time in your life? So I've been fired. I've had the breakups. <laughs> but honestly, um, I was pretty stuck for the first 30 years of my life. And now that I'm in the best time of my life, I really know that. And I've spent probably the last two years unpacking that. More than that, but really two years, like fast forward. Um, so the worst time is living 30 years not aligned with who you really are. And now you are, though. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Can you point to a turning point in your life where you said everything changed from that moment? Yeah. So there was a breakup that in my sort of coming into the best time of my life, I was getting really clear on the things that I wanted. Who did I want to be? What did that look like? Um, and started to kind of make some changes there. And that breakup sent me into a real like fast forward, get it right and never settle again kind of moment. Um, there's also a career moment that's a little different, but there was an opportunity. I felt really stuck. I was a teacher for 13 years and didn't love it. Um, and I had this opportunity where it was kind of that sliding door moment where something was presented to me and I had to ask for the opportunity, which typically I waited for opportunities to arrive. And I did it, and that was like the first stepping stone into what is now my career. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh I can't so, wait to talk more about and it. And all of this was happening very at similar times because, you know, I feel like 
the universe sends you at all when it's really trying to like get you on the right path. <laughs> Here's a message. When was the greatest moment of clarity for you? Oh my gosh. When is it not? Um, I start every morning with quiet time. So greatest moment of clarity is daily, quite honestly, or waiting for it. Um, it's something I seek and don't make moves until I have it. How did you learn that though? <laughs> Entrepreneurship. Um, so the irony is in starting a company, the question I'm asked the most is, are you just busy all the time? And when you're starting something you don't know how to do, I only knew how to get still and to actually find the path, um, to find the clarity because I'm stepping into places I've never been. And so I just needed to find that like inner knowing, that inner confidence. Um, once I sort of saw that taking that time is really productive in a really odd way, yeah. that really um, became a practice. Hmm. And it's like a, it is a ritual practice. Uh, my husband knows about it. Uh, we like block the time because, um, yeah, don't mess with it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah. What, what does that look like then? What does yeah. that time look like? Totally different. Um, always have the journals. Um, that's an option. It's either meditation. It is honestly a lot of neuroscience of like even thinking about how do you rewire your, your brain, um, like inner child work. Um, it's also just brainstorming the vision for the company and things that I'm doing. Um, I let it kind of come to me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's asking a question and then just waiting. Asking yourself yeah. a question? Oh, I love that. Universe, God, too. Like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of think we're co-creators. Not to get woo-woo on you. But. No, no. Woo-woo <laughs> is what I do. Like, yeah. This is great. Yeah, it's woo-woo, but it's it works. And I don't know. I, I've always found like I have a really strong inner vision. But in my first 30 years, I was like the overscheduled child before that was a thing. So like every minute was always scheduled. And it was a very like achievement-based doing family. So there wasn't a lot of time for what do you want? Right. What's going on? The inner. Do you like what you're doing? We're going to get into that. Okay. All day. Tell me <laughs> something about your nature that yeah. you've overcome. That. Um, yeah. The need for productivity to define my worth. That came from my husband. That's a big, well, that's a <laughs> big one. Yeah. Yeah. Big one. That he called I, me out on it. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that. I feel like yeah. I'm living that every day mm -hmm. and, and trying to rewire myself yes. to stop evaluating myself on that. And we've talked about that yeah. before. We both grew up in achievement cultures and yeah. I can't remember the sport you played. But there I mean, was like plenty, plenty of things. Yes. Dance, dance mostly. But yeah. just it's achievement. It's performance. And so when you take that off, like what's left mm -hmm. and that is something I think that I've wrestled with. Um, but also in that performance culture, I wasn't very happy. So I also underperformed, which is a really tough place to be day in and day out. Lauren, stop yeah. giving it away. All right, we're going to get to that. Um, what do you find yourself saying a lot lately? Like these words yes. just keep coming out of your mouth. What are those words? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I probably have told you that in real life too. Um, there's plenty. I have, and my friends always say like, you have a lot of sayings. That's one Give of them. them you want them all. Okay. Um, don't let anyone else's voice be more important than your own, which I think about a lot. 
This other one I'm really wrestling with. Um, if it is fear-induced, it's not truth. Boom. Like, if it's fear-induced, it's not yeah. truth. I love that. Yeah. Did you come up with that? I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Somewhere. And that goes with my company and things like that, but it also goes back to that kind of thinking about my first 30 years and really kind of unpacking that, repacking who I really think I'm supposed to be and recognizing that there was a lot of fear in how you're supposed to be. And maybe that's not truth. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I love you so much. <laughs> What's your purpose right now? Okay, you want another saying, I'm gonna steal it from Oprah. Um, Cause she said your purpose is wherever you are. And I would argue it's wherever you are when you're aligned. And for me, when I think about my purpose and my work and personal life is very much intertwined at this point, is I really help people create a vision for how they wanna live and work. And that's by offering new ideas for how you can be and how you can do. Um, but that's it, it's vision work. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that you call it vision work yeah. because you have to, you yeah. do have to set your yeah. mind of where, where am I going? Yeah. Where do I want to be? Where am yeah. I, where am I right now? But where do I want to be? You're asking the question that we do with every client, like whether it's an organization and a company and it's like, who are you today? Who do you want to be? Yeah. Um, and then what's the road block? Right. And the road, the length yeah. of the road is based on how far apart those things are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. I asked you what your purpose was, but when did you figure that out? still figuring it out. Um, I would say in the moment of clarity, in the last year we rebranded the business to Truth Collective and that was one, something I think I was really scared of when it was sort of revealed of like, this is about truth telling, this is about helping people find their vision. Um, and so that purpose was always there and then when I look back at my life in general, there's always little like, breadcrumbs along the way that showed like, yeah, this always has mattered to you. Right. Um, so it's always been there, but I think it's really like revealed itself in the past year and a half. Mm. COVID's a good time for that. <laughs> COVID, COVID allowed for a lot of self-reflection, yeah. uh -huh. I think, for, for uh -huh. like everybody, Absolutely. which was, yeah. I mean, it was a terrible thing. But yeah. It was a beautiful thing mm -hmm. that stopped all of us and forced yeah. all of us to think, what are doing what what am I doing right what yeah. am I doing with my life does this actually matter I mean there's so much loss yeah. there's so much loss around us all the time so what am I what am I doing yeah. as a person that matters it's an important question does it actually matter does it actually matter and then yeah. when you start to worry about mm -hmm. something does this actually matter yeah. yeah and that's honestly that's another key question that I get to ask in my work all the time and it's so interesting because people have, like, they have feelings about that. Because if you figure out that a lot of the ways that you're doing things, the way you're spending your time doesn't matter, mm. like, that can be yeah. hard. Like, that reveals a lot yeah. um, of feelings. And you either can continue on in the pathway and stop asking that question, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to, like, swim through these feelings and then be on the other side of it. Yeah. And do what matters. So tell me, give me a, a, a framework. Give me a, an understanding of what your company does, what Truth Collective does. Yeah. What matters most. Um, so we are a consulting business in leadership and culture. And what we really do is help people understand the vision that they have. 
So we do a leadership and culture consulting um, where we go through a framework of a discover, cultivate, transform. And the easiest way to say that is literally, what is the current state of culture in your company? What's the desired state? Who do you want to be? And then what are the roadblocks? What are the limiting beliefs around how work can be? Um, and we do it a lot too on the personal level. So something that's revealed itself, I think even since we met, is a lot of individual coaching. So people who are looking to be transformative leaders, um, but maybe either have not had the opportunity to really like discover who they are um, and how that shows up in the workplace. And so we take that same framework, like who do you wanna be? Yeah. Um, what's getting in the way? And we do that. And then we're launching something exciting um, with online workshops. And those are gonna be to start with true self and true team and really thinking about how can people access our work um, in a broader way and also make making it more accessible. Um, not everyone can you know, afford a coach. Not everyone can, a company can't afford a consultant to come in and to do a year long engagement mm. um, to really transform culture. So we wanted to put our work out there. Um, TBD on when that's gonna be launched. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is written, it yeah, is done. You're creating but, all yeah, of it at the same yeah. time though. I mean, it's... And it was taking our, what we had been creating and what we are using with people and saying like, let's house this somewhere mm. um, and let's, let's beta test. Mm. And I think that's also something that our company, my own personal journey of like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be ready. Um, Try it. See yeah. what see what sticks. Let's start. Let's start yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Let's start there. <laughs> the thing I I find so interesting about your story, I resonate with it because there were things about it that I I just feel so strongly about needing perfection, mm -hmm. needing things to be right. Like I, I <laughs> this is a random story. I remember in college finish, finishing. Um, second for Homecoming Queen mm. in at Florida State University, and I remember my my parents had traveled, and I didn't win. Yeah, and I remember so clear as day saying to my parents, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." Like I could cry thinking yeah. about that moment. Yeah, and I remember how they looked at me yeah. like, "Are you kidding? Right. Why would you apologize to us?" that you didn't win homecoming queen. Are you crazy? Yeah. So I know like part of what I'm saying is part like I did grow up in this yeah. like achievement perfection mm -hmm. culture, but then I also did it to myself. Oh, yep. Yeah, I and did that, it to myself. Yes. And yes. so you were experiencing yeah. these things so much earlier even mm -hmm. too. I mean, you were so yeah. such an amazing swimmer. Yeah. You were such an amazing yeah. swimmer and you hated it. Why did you hate swimming? Loved, then hated. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Loved, then hated. Um, you know, it's funny. So, like, I my question, like, when you're telling that story, I have so many questions, right? Like, what was it that made you think that it was a disappointment to other people, right? Because like, I wanted what, to win, right? I needed yes. to win. Yes, and then it's ridiculous, right? And for me, I think it's a combination of environment and also how I'm wired. Um, rewiring, I mentioned that earlier. And 
I think I took on other people's expectations. I was a very self-aware child, very much could walk into a room and knew what was going on, knew how people felt. And I think I took what I heard from people, what I observed from people and sort of put that on myself. Yeah. Um, you need to be a top swimmer or you're ranked third in the nation. You know, it's not first. Yeah. And I remember being internally very proud of myself and knew like I had done everything that I needed to do and still not feeling like it was enough. Where did that come from? Ugh. Was it outward or was it inward? I, I think there's some family, like truly, honestly, I think there's family of not enoughness. Just family history of that. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. It's like my parents are not disappointed in me. They weren't disappointed. Um, but there was always still just a, there's that next step. And that's what I've learned actually in applying it in my life now. I never celebrated. Like it was like you finished that swim meet. You did really well. And then it was on to the next thing. And there was no conversation. I think what I needed as a little child was... Like, how do you feel about that? Probably, like, I probably need that all the time. How, how are you feeling? How did you feel about that? Yeah. Um, and probably just talking that through because I don't think anyone understood what was going on in my head. Well, you probably didn't either, right? Like, you were such oh, an yeah. internal child. Yeah. I feel that way too. I'm yeah. such an internal child yeah. to the point that my mom even said to me recently, we were doing this whole Enneagram work a few oh, months yeah, ago. And she's like, yep. she's like, oh, your brother is this and your sister is this and your dad is this and your husband is this. And then she said to me, I can't figure out what you are. Mm. My mm. mother could not figure out my, my, yeah. out of, there's only nine types. Yeah. There's only nine. And my own mother can't figure out my Enneagram type. You know why? Because I live in my head. Mm. And I don't, I, I, this is something I work on. It's like, yeah. I don't share yeah. 90% of what's going on in my head. Yeah. Which is actually where this podcast is coming from. Love it. And here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Like, I want to know. Right. I want to know what yeah. other people feel is happening mm -hmm. in their heads. Yeah. Truly, you know? And you said something earlier that I, I think about all the time because I think like, what? why is my story important? Like, there's achievement. There's a lot of like, I think after two, when I had achieved, I really realized like there's only down from here. Like, Do you, wait, you really yeah. believed that? How I old really, were you? How old were you? I was 10 when I was great and then 11 and 12. And so it's just like in 13, 14. You said um, I'm only down from here at well, 13. Yeah. And I just remember um, hearing all of the like, even that young, and you may see this with your kids. If you're achieving, you hear about it yeah. from other parents, from coaches, People start coming to you and like, it was already at 10 years old, like you need to stop other sports. Mm. You need to focus on this. And I didn't, I actually was kind of a renegade, but I've always been a little bit of a renegade, which is the funny part. Cause I kept playing sports through freshman year of um, high school, which now I think like, that was so great. Like it was perfect. <laughs> and it was, that was something where I was really happy. Um, but yeah, it was just, you heard all the things mm. that people told you. And because you were, you were yeah. listening, you were yeah. already attuned to what you were yeah. hearing. And, and so I so sort of you made this like path for myself. And I just remember thinking like, you, you're just never going to please everyone. Was that a disappointment? 
or was that something you just accepted? I definitely did not accept it. Um, <laughs> I think I started playing small at that point of like, you're never going to please everyone. Um, definitely have people pleasing tendencies as well in my family. Um, that's observed. That's, you know, the environment I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're praised for things over and over and over again, then you just keep doing them. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that they're right. And so with that being said, I, the people pleasing mentality of you're not going to please everyone, but you want to. Yeah. And I was too young. I didn't know. Um, now if you were to ask me like, probably another thing I tell myself, like, you're going to disappoint people. It doesn't matter as long as you don't disappoint yourself. Yeah. So before yeah. when you would say that to yourself, you're probably going to disappoint people. You were thinking you're probably going to disappoint people. And that was a negative, yeah. right? Like you were putting yourself yes. down in that time. Yes. And now you say mm -hmm. it as like, that's almost like yeah. the liberation. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And I had a, and I feel terrible saying this about my parents. I don't think they ever intended this to be how I would have felt, but I definitely like, I followed all the rules. I was the good girl. Um, I also grew up in church culture, evangelical purity culture, the whole thing. So pile that rules on top of rules on top of rules. Yeah. Um, and so I think there was this idea of like a deep, don't disappoint your parents. Like I didn't yeah. want to Yeah, raise a child in the way you should go. And when he's yeah. older, he will not depart. And I, will from say, it. Like, yeah. I think my parents also don't want to disappoint people. Um, cause there was always sort of a, you know, if a teacher or a coach was upset, well, what did you do? Mm. I think sometimes it wasn't about me. Yeah. And I, th you know, I don't know if you've seen like the Simone Biles and there's another gymnast, I think it's Lori Hernandez talking about coaches and how they were yelled at and just what they were having to do day in and day out. And there's a part of you that goes, is that normal? Yeah. Yeah. Do we treat people that way? Yeah. I have those and conversations. And then you wonder yeah. why you have, like, why you've lost your sense of self. <laughs> like, yeah. right? And so I think, too, if I were to go back, it would be all about the internal journey. Mm. Like, what do you want? Well, since you're... What do you like? Like, what is... Yeah. Well, since you're awakening, have you started to reevaluate all of your life experiences yes. through that lens? Yes. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. Like, when you got teary earlier... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's real. so real. It's, it's real. so real. Oh, I can't. Those some of those quiet times weren't so yeah. quiet. I mean, they're they're full of tears, and it's a grieving process. It is a grieving process. I though am still very thankful for those experiences because now, when I think of like my story's not that bad. Like I sort of self sabotage my own achievements. Yeah, I mean, well, no, but it's like, not bad at all. You were so so great and continue to be great. How many people do that? Right? Probably mo many, many How perfectionists many yes. do that. Yes. And I think too of um, when you're so just externally focused and that's what you think drives you because um, you don't know any different and you're not being modeled. You're not seeing people tap into like what they mm. want or what they know because um, I didn't see it a lot. It wasn't just like I was that. I was over here and everyone else knew <laughs> like I feel like they, I was in a culture 
Right. Uh, you were playing the rules that I was everyone the set rules for you. And I was good at it. Yeah, you were yeah. good at the rules. I feel Everything. that. I feel that. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. You know, it's like here are the rules, mm -hmm. and I said, okay, as long yeah. as I know the boundaries, yeah. <laughs> I can play the boundaries. Yeah. And so, to your point, mm -hmm. I similarly, I yeah. felt like I've always played small, played yeah. what I needed to do to mm -hmm. win in this you know, this area yeah. that I needed to win in. And I wouldn't, I would never put myself into situations that I felt like I wouldn't win. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, why and why? Why yeah. would we do that? Is it fear? Is that, is that the reason we would do that? I mean, I, for me, it's fear. There's a fear of failure, a fear of judgment, um, fear of disappointment. But now I'm realizing it's to miss the opportunity is worse than stepping back because you're afraid. Um, I don't feel fear like I did at all anymore. Um, I mean, I remember being 12 and being fearful of failure, whatever that is. And to me, failure is not a thing. Failure is learning. Now, yeah. now it is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I would reframe everything. Yeah. Um, but no one was talking like that. Yeah. Um, and now I am such a try it, say it, do it, and see what happens. Like you'll learn either it's for you or it's not for you, yeah. but you don't know until you try it. And I, I will say in my teaching career, I had some incredible professional development opportunities, kind of achievement oriented. I've kind of checked the box on some of my education. And in those opportunities of learning, I had was able to go back and try some of those things out. Um, and to me, it's a muscle. Like once you sort of start practicing, taking a risk and nothing terrible happens. And in fact, sometimes great things happen. You're like, why would I, why would I do that? Yeah. So now I always ask, like, if I have fear, I'm like, what is that? Yeah. Like what's underneath it? Do you, and is it true? Do you, so first yeah. of all, you observe it, right? Mm -hmm. You observe that yeah. emotion and you say, yeah. where is this coming from? Doesn't it yeah. take an objective place to be there? Like to be, to first of all, to recognize yeah. it and then step away from it and kind of examine it. Like you've got this thing that you're holding in your hand. Why do I feel this yeah. thing? Yeah. To me, that's what we should all be doing is like observing. Yeah. When do you think you were first able to do that? Like how old were you the first time you said, oh, I can do this? So I'm the oldest of four and for four and five years, my mom literally called me like mommy's helper. Like I'm like, <laughs> but you didn't get paid. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I know. I'm like retroactively like, to get back. Um, I'll be having that conversation after this. Um, no, they've been more than generous. We're good. Um, but all that to be said, but, spark something new for me. <laughs> Sorry, new yeah, work. I know, poor mom. Um, but she, and she called me mommy's help, helper. And I remember it'd be like, you're three years old and you're just on already. Um, so I knew and I was already attuned to needs, but not my own. Yeah. Um, and then another story that pops into my head is super nerdy. And it was in middle school. And I was a, I'm, am a voracious reader, was a voracious reader. And I was reading some book about like feelings and the heart and all this kind of stuff. Not that I was applying it very well, um, but I would like spend a Sunday like reading these things and thinking and underlining and- Are we the same person? Like, <laughs> who does that? We, and I just, and lost in your head, right? People like, who are named Lauren do that apparently. That's a Lauren yeah. thing. Are you, 
Are you a 1983-er? 85. Okay, January 85. 85. January 8th. January 83. So we're also oh. Capricorn. Shut up. Are we really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now we're super connected. When's, can um, you share your birthday? No. January 13th. Oh, we're so close. Yeah. I'm the 8th. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, we'll there's continue. that Capricorn energy. So we are achievers <laughs> by <that>. nature. <laughs> God. Names um, the same. Signs the same. I know. Um, I... My mom told me that Lauren was a very unique name when I was born. Well, it was in 83. And then people like my mom named me. Except for my college corridor had seven Laurens <laughs> and like just the small, like, like, oh, well. Did your parents tell you what your name meant? No, my I parents. Don't know what that, it is. So my that's what my parents told me all the time. It's like they named me based on the meaning of what the name. That? I have no idea. Crown of a champion. Oh, Crown shit. of a champion. Well, the <laughs> yes, okay. of course. Uh, crown, crown of a champion, which I don't want. I'll tell you when we're not recording. What? Yeah, that's a okay, that's for that's another actually, story. If you were drinking with me, then I would tell you the next story. Get her a drink. <laughs> no, not me. You. Know, give me. It has to be two. It has to be a tandem crown thing. Crown of a champion. Crown of a champion. Yeah, I like that. Oh, it's and great. Now how I define champion and achievement yeah, yeah. versus. Well, so I, I mean, I've got two yeah. stories that go along with that. Like being called crown of a champion. It's um, for in my own life, my parents have always said, this is so bad. They're going to kill me when this actually goes I know. Live. Our poor parents. I hope they don't watch <laughs> they're, it. They're <laughs> such good people. My mom is watching my children right now as, as I'm sitting here doing this. Um, they've always told me that I was the crown of a champion. So I would marry a champion and I, <laughs> stop your laughing, because this is something that I've put, this is something that I've put well, back on I'll, them. I'll share back. This is something I've put back on them as an adult. I've said, all my life, you have told me I am the crown on a champion. Why can't I be the damn crown? I am the damn champion and the crown. Why is it not me? Why is it not Silence. Yeah. Silence. There's never been a response. But... Oh, that and, resonates with me. Do what? It does. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm from the South. Yeah, it's My a Southern culture, right? Like, so, yeah. Same. Southern culture, yeah. like very much... Um, the first know, business owner. I'm the first... Yeah. All of that, right? Yeah. Like I, I was raised in super Southern, super, mm -hmm. super religious. Everything was, yeah. again, the rules, like fit the box, fit yeah. the, you know, here are your boundaries. And, um, you know, I think up and up until college, personally, up until college, mm -hmm. I was still even living that. And even through adulthood, I think it's just been now like my 36th yeah. year of life where yeah. I finally said, this box yeah. doesn't fit. And it's totally. never fit me. It's never right. fit. Right. And I'm going to start doing what because I want to do. Because you've been living with that label. Right. Of, I feel like I'm made for more. Mm. But I've been told if you are too much or whatever, someone else is the champion. You're right. just. Right. Right. So, so yeah. you've been living under someone else's rules. Yeah. And what no one's told you, and this is, again, part of yeah. why I've started this podcast. What's no one, what no one's told you and what no one seems to tell anyone else is that the real power comes when you write your own rules. Yep. Right? Yep. Like that's where it yep. is. It's, it's yeah. not for anyone else. Like your life is your own. I hope you're loving Amstigator. Honestly, it's the most fun I've ever had. From the moment I decided to create this podcast in 2021, I knew building community was the goal. I mean, it was everything. And thanks to the internet, we're able to be worlds apart, but still be connected. But I'm creating a way 
for us to get together, like physically, actually in person with Anstigator events. I have an event coming up in June right here in Nashville. It'll be a time where you can meet some of your favorite podcast guests, watch a live podcast taping, and listen to speakers who I've personally selected who will help us all reframe our thinking and reclaim our lives. But that's literally the purpose. It's literally the name. I'm calling it Reclaim by Amstigator because I want you to go into this one-day summit so ready to receive some really high-grade wisdom about reclaiming your life as your own. You know, we take on so much expectation and storylines from other people that quite frankly aren't ours. So what is your story? Let's find it, let's reclaim that. That's the purpose of this event and I want you to join me. Just go to amstigator.com slash events and you'll find everything you need to know right there to sign up, book your travel and come to Nashville. Now let's get back to the conversation. Okay, so I think about this a lot with the work that we do. And you talked, you asked me like what my purpose is and and you asked me like, what's the best time in your life? And it's now for that reason. To me, like what would our world look like if everyone did that work? So we would be consciousness, like, right? Like yeah, high like we call it true self-work. And one of the exercises that we do is labels phrases, like the things that have stuck on you that you still think about that you share. Um, and we write them out and then we're like, what, how has that impacted you? So the crown of a champion, how has that impacted you? And I, I did that for myself. Same thing. I'm from the South. I remember even in doing great work, my dad would always be like, if I was doing the district, you're so domestic. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> and I, I did not get married until I was 36. And I swear to you, there was a par two parts of that. One was a little stubbornness about like, I'll show you domestic, yeah. <laughs> like, I, whatever. And I love working and I'm so much more than that. And the fact that like that can't be seen and he doesn't mean it that way, yeah, right? I'm like, sure he loves but you, still, he's great. It was like, yeah. That just feels very like caged in for me and not because of the feminist movement, all that kind of stuff, because of who I am. Um, and so with that being said, that would be a label. And there was another part of me that when I was teaching, I stayed a teacher because it was safe for a long time. It was comfortable. Yeah, and you were good at it. And I, and I was great at so it. so many awards. I was great teacher. at it. No, I was great at it. I, like there's so many things I love about it. There's so many things that make me good at what I do now. Nothing's lost with like that training. Um, Cause I'm still a teacher, honestly. Yeah, Sometimes it just feels mm -hmm. like a different But now audience. you're teaching adults. Yes. But although yes. I say that, but although I feel like so many of us are still children on the inside, oh. like we're just, we just- you haven't done the work, you're just your 12 year old self. We're adults yeah. in the body, but maybe not, I mean, based on how much work we've done, we might still yeah. be 12 on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I remember like thinking, okay, you're getting this nudge. And it literally was, it was, I call it a God moment. I had started a program that had taken off and I got this sort of God moment ping where it was like, you're gonna start your own business. And I was like, I don't, no one in my family's ever like actually been in business or started a business. My dad's a physician. We just had his retirement party last year for 45 years of being a cardiologist, mostly at the same hospital. Yeah. Um, That's longevity. We're steady people, like we're <laughs> steady people. Um, you know, grandfather's a veterinarian. 
um, other grandfather was an accountant. Mind you, I'm not really telling you anything about the women in the family because yeah. that those, wasn't a thing. Those are all yeah. those are all long term. That's yes. one career. Same. Yeah. My, my dad's an architect. Yeah. His dad was an engineer. Like mm -hmm. there was very much mm -hmm. like. And wow. so there was this kind of wow. like, you'll just marry someone. Yeah. That will be what you do. And it's interesting when I had this God moment to start the business. It took me a while. I think it was like probably a year and a half until I, maybe two, until I made the leap. And with that being said, after I made the leap, it changed how I showed up in the world. It changed who I was dating um, because I needed someone that was like, that's really cool. Tell me more. Yeah. Who encouraged you, Who encouraged right? me. Who didn't um, want you to play small. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a really fun date story. <laughs> when I was in that transition of still teaching and thinking about taking the leap. And I went on a date, very cute guy. And he said, wow, you're really all over the place. Oh, were you like, I'll and show I, you all over the place. I, I did. I actually <laughs> said kick, or, or kicking ass all over the place was my response. <laughs> and I think when I heard that, it was this moment where I started doing my own work. And I was like, you know what? Never again. It will only from now on be people, whether it's a partner or a friend or whatever, who are like, that's really cool. Tell me more. Yeah. Hmm. And I was like, why have I been settling for this yeah. shit? Yeah. Um, and in general, but that was the practice, right? Like, and it was those little comments right. along the way. Well, because you were so attuned to it for so yeah. many years, right? Yeah. Like that was like, that yeah. was your survival mechanism for... Right. I mean, three decades. Yeah. For 30 years. For that 30 was your survival years. mechanism was listening and feeling your way through. I, I find mm -hmm. that some people, you know, have really tragic childhoods mm -hmm. and they survive yeah. through that. Yeah. But yeah. you you took those same mechanisms, yeah. the listening, the feeling, mm -hmm. the understanding. And instead of instead of surviving a, yeah. a traumatic situation, right. you you took what was probably well, just I a pleasant I controlled childhood. it, right, though? Yeah. I controlled it. And so I made sure that there wasn't trauma. Like, I made sure that it was controlled, perfect, so that you didn't deal with anything. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's generational trauma. There's addiction in our family that my parents are kind of the, the shift there. But what they did to control their the trauma they experienced, they controlled everything. Yeah. And not in a bad, like everything yeah. was very just measured, very like keep it together. Our feelings are like this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think for me, that's what I picked up on. Yeah. You couldn't be too high, too low. It just has to be steady. And honestly, I think that's a little of my makeup anyways. Um, but even still, that was what I observed. Right. Um, and you knew early yeah. on that was how you operated in that. Yeah. That's how you operated. And yeah. being the oldest too, mm -hmm. good Lord. I mean, you saw yeah. you saw the stress of all of it. You well, you know, just I check all the boxes, right? And I, I will share something. So I love therapy. I think it's great. Obviously, I'm a coach. Uh, we dive into some of that too. Needing, And I was a social work major. So there's all these things that make me really interested in like human development um, and systems and all of that. My therapist said to me one time that sometimes the hardest families are the perfect families. Mm. Because when you have trauma, a lot of times you learn coping mechanisms, you get the resiliency tools. And I think that in creating a perfect childhood, you don't necessarily get the resiliency mm. tools. Wow. Okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
And even if there were traumatic mm-hmm. experiences, even on the lowest of the yeah. low end, you didn't yeah. know how to figure it out anyway. Yeah. And so then yeah. you probably hit adulthood. Mm-hmm. And what was probably treated as high achievement and near perfection with your swimming, yeah. losing went was into still, the workplace too. <laughs> losing was still a bit of a trauma, right? Like because oh, yeah. of the the amount of training, I can't imagine yeah. how much training you had to do as a single yeah. digit child to yeah. reach number three right. in the country. Right. You know that's unbelievable. I remember one of those meets, and I've never even like told anyone this, but. I swam like seven events. I think that's what you swam at those at kind of the end of season. You would have seven events and I won six out of seven. And I remember the one I lost. Mm. Why? One, I think it's human nature <laughs> to <laughs> kind of like pick that. But also when you do the work on yourself, you say, okay, yeah, lost that one. But look at all the things that I did do that I'm proud of. I didn't have that like mental capacity necessarily to do that. Um, and also like I was trying to achieve perfection. Right. So like, and then you see like the Michael Phelps and that kind of thing, right? It's someone's it's doing doable. it, I can do it I mean, too. Granted he's yeah. younger than me, this is all after, but you see that it's possible. Yeah. Um, and then you see honestly, like the Katie Ledecky, I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with her, this past Olympics, she lost. And the way she handles that with like, the grace of having to go to an interview after and the first thing that they oh my say, gosh, these athletes thank you for today. being a better interviewer. Oh my gosh. Um, but they really, they just knock you down. And I, I'm, I'm, I am offended by the mm-hmm. way people ask questions oh, to people. I, and yeah. I, I actually, I sit there and I listen to yeah. post-game interviews. I mean, baseball, football, whatever. I yeah. don't care, swimming, name a sport. And I watch these athletes because part of the, as an interviewer, Mm-hmm. Part of when you ask a question, it's not even the response. Part of what yeah. you're wanting is how a person looks, like yeah. the micro movements in yeah. their face. What do their lips do when they start to answer that question? What do their yeah. eyes do? What happens yeah. here when we, you know, what yeah. happens in their face? And, you and, know what? and I, I saw, hate that for them. I literally I saw her flinch to the like, you know, you lost. Mm. And she flinched and she said, you know what? It's like, one of the it was super fast swim actually, but she just lost. She was like, it's one of my best times I've ever gone. I'm really proud of that. Wow. And I was like, that's what that resiliency does. Wow. Like that is, that's the work. Yeah. That's the mindset work. That's the stuff that like keeps you going. Yeah. I do want to talk to you yeah. about this. Cause I, I feel, I feel like this is so, it's so beautiful because you swam in college mm-hmm. And you, you didn't even love it then. It's like you got, you got a college I scholarship. I was supposed to do it. I thought I was supposed to do it. And you were like, yeah. whatever, I'll yeah. just swim. Yeah. And so all of your college experiences with swimming were, you know, just really shrouded yeah. by that, like yeah. just your hatred for it. But then you married a man who, who swam in college <laughs> and had a completely different experience. Yeah. It was like, I loved it. It was this and it was that. And yeah. do you feel like he was helping you reframe, like that journey to reframe your experiences? Okay. I literally, when I met him, I was like, are you joking? Like you loved like, it, please. I, this is, and like, <laughs> this is what I'm going to have to talk about. Like... <laughs> What it also showed me is I had not totally healed yeah. all that. All these years later, right? right? Because I just avoided it. Like it's, you just quit and you move it along and you live your life. And it actually, it, that's great. It feels good. But 
I had never really dealt with it. Yeah. And so to see like how it could have been um, was hard, but also like now, like it just doesn't hit the same at all. Um, so I'm really thankful. I think that's like when we talk the woo woo stuff, I'm like, those are the God moments. Like you sent me someone who, <laughs> he, well, you needed help. Yeah. yeah. Let's be, let's yeah. be true because you needed help. There was mm-hmm. some, you've done a lot of work yeah. to try to reframe some of your thoughts, yeah. which is hard, hard totally. work. Yep. But, but it's one thing to, to redo the present. Yeah. It's another thing to reframe the past. And unless you have someone objective in your life who can help you reframe those parts that really need healing, that's incredibly hard. And just to like, it's in front of you. So you either like have to deal with it or then you have to show like your bitterness about it and like be in that. And so for me, I was like, this is just not who I am anymore. So let me do some work around it and let me heal from it. And it's, I think any really, really good partnership does that. Um, I think it's why people say marriage is hard is if you're really doing that work um, and really committed to being your best self and then whatever that means for the two of you. Um, Yeah, I I love marriage in that aspect, but it's also the part that kicks your ass. Um, You're right. And then I've chosen to do work that's very similar. Um, And so I also feel like very, like highly responsible for like stepping into a partnership and doing that work and making sure um, if things are coming up that are a mirror to my stuff, Mm. that I'm going to do the work. Yeah. Um, I just, I think that's, that's life. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about this what you're doing is really cool. Tell me more. Like what yeah. you were saying earlier. Yeah. Is that, is that a response that you've cultivated where you, you, you yeah. being a, I'm similar in this way that like when I've asked a question or when I've shared or divulged something very mm-hmm. important, more than the words that come out of the person's mouth, even more than that is that reaction was there a pause? Was there not a yeah. pause? Was there an eye roll? Was it, it's, it's the, it's the micro movements. Yeah. It's the, um, what, what is the word? I mean, I talk for a living. The, um, <laughs> sometimes words, I know sometimes yeah. words are hard. I mean, yeah. it's the, <laughs> help me out. Like the in, inaudible, you guys call phone uh, a friend, the inaudible, the whatever, what your body does, right? Like the unspoken things. Anyway, what is the word now? I'm now, yeah, now I've stumped everybody, <laughs> but even still, even yeah. still, so I, when yeah. I ask something, I'm I'm looking for those, and when I've shared something, I look I'm looking for those too, and and oftentimes those things have been the most hurtful. Mm. So there's there's the lead into mm-hmm. what I'm about to ask you. Um, yeah. The that's really cool. Tell me more. Was that line something you cultivated based on your own experience? That's cool. Tell me more. So it's funny to be on this side of the interviewing. I love asking questions. <laughs> You can ask me questions. No, I don't care. I love asking questions. And um, so I think in some ways I would sit down with people and ask all the questions, but never ask yourself Yeah, or have or, or receive that back. Right. Yeah. And so part of it was one, I think, tell me more is always just interesting because yeah. um, it's like what's underneath. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, what's let's underneath get there. that? Um, truly, it's my social work training. Mm, OK. Truly, like that's where that comes from, which is like when you in social work, you learn how to interview Mm. people. 
um, how to counsel people, how to get to the root of whatever is going on. Um, similar to probably like family counseling as well. So the tell me more is that also a value of mine is curiosity. Um, I want conversations where we're going deep. Right. Um, I also don't, I look at that response though, in terms of, I want that to be said as whether someone responds to what I say in a positive or negative way, that's something I don't control, but it's data mm. for how much I'm going to engage my own energy. Oh, wow. Okay. If that makes Tell sense. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me no, why I'm interested. I'm interested. Okay. This is interesting. So another therapist quote that was said to me is, you're not for everyone. Mm. Um, and when you think about that, um, I learned this lesson truly in clients and work um, of really defining who do I work with? What are the characteristics? What are the criteria? Yeah. Versus you're kind of new in business. You take what you can get. Mm. Um, we are one person. We have so much energy that we can allot. Um, we're not for everyone. Right. So I look at it, how do I feel? when I'm talking to someone? What's my energy? Do I feel like I can be me? Um, do I leave a conversation depleted mm. or energized? Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a major one for me. It's data, it's just data. And then I get to choose whether I wanna be a dumbass and keep <laughs> engaging with people who deplete me Yeah. or say things that are diminishing or that's whatever. That's a bad choice, don't right. make that choice. <laughs> yeah. Or I can say, you know what? I, I really like feeling energized by certain conversations. This is what I'm about. Yeah. Um, and that took me a long time to learn. And right. it's the people, if right. you're a people pleaser, then you, which by the way, people pleasing underneath that is it's just an act of manipulation and control. Mm. So once you are told that, like you're like, not so fun anymore. Well, but then I also, um, I also see it from the, like, it's different than being kind, right? Like that's different. I think it has a lot kind. to do with Southern, like yes. bless your heart culture, yes. you know, it's just trying kind. to be, to be, you know, what you're, what you're supposed to be for everybody, yeah. you know, whereas, yeah. gosh, I remember when I first moved away from um, the South. So I went, I grew up in South Carolina. I went to Florida mm. state. I'd only ever lived yeah. in the South, like warm weather. And then in 2008, um, for my second job out of college, I moved to Ohio, uh, yeah. to Toledo, Ohio, to a station there and, um, to be a news anchor, yeah. you know, I've, I've only ever worked in news. Yeah. And so, gosh, that move from South Carolina and Florida, mm -hmm. um, to Ohio, to the Midwest, whoa. Whoa. I mean, it was a yeah. big change. And I yeah. mean, anybody who's ever made that right. change understands like the difference. Yep. Southern culture is very much who I am to, to your face. Yeah. It's a presentation. Yeah. It's all the presentation. Yeah. It's like what I'm going to come dress with the nines. I don't go to the grocery store without makeup. Yeah. Like, you know, it's all of that. It's who, you, yeah. who it's how you present yourself. Yep. It's not at all about who you are or how you feel or, or how yeah. it was. And by God, don't show people how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> it was very much. Here's my resume. Mm -hmm. Here's my straight A's. Mm -hmm. You know, here's me looking pretty in my in my dress and my makeup, yep. you know, and, yeah. um, you know, and I played by those rules forever and yeah. I've continued to play by those rules. I'm trying to break out of that now. Oh, I'll help you. But, don't worry. <laughs> But even still, I mean, it's like when I moved yeah. to Ohio, I cannot tell you, like, I remember the first time I saw somebody at the grocery store with no makeup and pajamas. Yeah. 
it's different. Lauren, mm-hmm. that was a milestone mm-hmm. moment for me because yeah. I was like, oh, what are these people doing in their pajamas and makeup? Yeah. Again, it was, it's yeah. just all based on, uh, and right. no makeup, I should say. It's all based on how you're raised, yeah. you know? You know, I have a similar, so I, in college, I went to school in Miami of Ohio. So same thing, kind of had some culture shock. There's some differences that I wish I had spent more time questioning my beliefs. Yeah, at yeah, that yeah, time. exactly. Um, I, do people do that in college? I guess they do. I don't know. I still like felt very tied yeah. um, to the years and years of following all the rules. And so went to Ohio and then moved to New York City, um, which that should have shown me right away. Like the fact that I love like different environments, culture, diversity, all of that should have been a wake up call for questions some things. Yeah. Um, but it does give you, that's what I love about travel. It gives you perspective. Of right. Why do we do what we do? Yeah. I mean, I, and yeah. I should, I should also point out my ass goes to the grocery store with no makeup. <laughs> oh yeah. All the my damn time. Is not in a top knot right no, now, like, but I feel like it should be. And, and <laughs> I will tell you every time I work no. at, every time I walk out of my door without makeup on, no. I, I am in my late 30s, mm-hmm. and I still, when I walk out the door without mm-hmm. makeup on, it is a declaration to myself mm-hmm. that I don't need to impress anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Isn't right. that terrible? And that I'm think, still, I still have to work on that. Oh, I, but it is, luckily being a swimmer, it's not a really attractive sport. So you really, <laughs> like, you're like wet hair, like, fluorinated at all times. Um so you, I had that going for me in terms of like already not really being able to care. But <laughs> with that being said, I think there's nothing wrong with the makeup and the putting it all together. There's nothing wrong with the no makeup and the sweatpants. It's, I actually think it's interesting to be all of yeah. those things. Well, because aren't we all? Like, I, I think I think in my family- If you I, want to. I felt- there was not mm-hmm. an acceptance for all parts mm-hmm. of you, mm-hmm. right? There was only an acceptance for the best yeah. parts of you. And my and yes. my parents would frame yeah. it as, um, again, great people. They're yeah. such great people and always believe the mm-hmm. best about people. But I interpreted that as only the best. Yeah. You'll only believe the best. You'll never believe yeah. that someone's capable of something other right. than winning. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that's just what it is. I think that resonates, like not being able to like, be your full self. Mm-hmm. The bad, I, I did good, not feel that. Yeah. Did not feel like I had permission to do that for most of my life. Well, and I feel like now you're defining yeah. your own life as yes. that, allowing people the permission yeah. if they're not happy in their work environment. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's rediscover the values yeah. necessary to yeah. move you to what you need to be doing. Right, and then question why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, no, I love that because I think that's exactly that permission. Right. To do it. Um, I, I feel like I get to do that a lot for people. I am their permission. Yeah. Um, I get to say, like, what do you want? Try it out. Come back, report. We'll go from there. Like, yeah. And isn't neat. it isn't it safe, though, too? I feel like it's so safe mm-hmm. when you when you meet someone who you have no connection with, you yeah. don't know. Yeah. And they give you a, an entirely new perspective, yeah. an entirely objective thing. I, I had lunch a few months ago with a woman who's now a great friend. Like, yeah. you know how you meet people and you're like, God, I love you. Yeah. We need to be best friends. The energy. Yeah, energy right, like, feels good. <laughs> energy does not feel good. 
Pick but, your lane. But this <laughs> woman, she had told me something about myself that in my mm-hmm. 36 years, no one in my whole life mm. had ever said this particular thing to me that she said to me. And I was like, oh, I feel that, but I didn't, I almost didn't acknowledge that yeah. about myself. And no one's acknowledged that to yeah. me. And wow. And and actually since that yeah. time, I, I have vowed yeah. people need to mm-hmm. hear when I think of someone and I think this, whatever this is, this particular thing, I have vowed to always tell them, hey, you're really great at this. Like, you just need to know. I don't know if anyone's ever told you, just in case no one has, here's this. Like, this Mm -hmm. is my gift to you of objectivity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because we all present ourselves to the world, hopefully, with what's important to us and what we value. We hope people see those things Mm -hmm. immediately. But until someone gives that back to you, until someone shines the mirror, you know? So, like, I vow to be the mirror for people. Here's your your mirror. Here's the amazing work you're doing. Lauren Sykes, here's the amazing work you're doing. Yeah. The yeah. inner work does bleed out to the right. outer work that other that you're helping other people yeah. through. It's incredible. You know, I think part of that, so we do a vision values behaviors exercise and part of one of the, like, what are my values? How do I reveal that? Um, we do it through storytelling first off and a number of different types of questions. But one of the exercises is ask people what they like about you when you're like at your best Mm. and highest self. So it doesn't have to mean like, you know, we all have parts where we're not proud and it's not because of a failure or anything, but just not our best moment. Um, Values aligned moment, I would say. Asking that question, I even asked my parents um, because I feel like we've been dogging on the bad parts, but there's like some really incredible things. And if we don't ask those questions, sometimes we don't know. Um, And I remember asking my parents like, what do you like best about me? Oh, wow. God. I was so Whoa. nervous. They I was going to say, hey, by the way, they're my sweating? beta testers for these exercises. And one of the things that they said was like, you're so honest. Like you're not afraid to do the hard stuff for our family. Which mind you, sometimes that doesn't go over well, like <laughs> in my family, right? Like I'm that person, but to be appreciated for it, to be like, yeah known for it, seen for it. Cause that's true in my friendships. It's true. in um, the client work, it's everything. And I was like, the way that you're saying that is so it feels right. feels true. And I also recognize there's kind of a high and low to that, but it is who I am. Um, and in the same breath, they're like, you're so fun to be around. Cause like you love Aww. doing all these different things. Like I know oh, that I can like be chill with you or we can go and have a lot of fun and I can travel or we can watch movies all day. Like it doesn't matter. And I was like, that feels right also. Um, and so what's interesting and in, in the values work that I've done over time, my values are freedom, curiosity, still faith and impact. And in that, you'll see like the freedom, like do this or do that. Like just how you spend your time, travel. That was reflected back to me, but it was also something I observed in my own kind of inner work um, to try to reveal my values. Um, And, you know, I think my husband would say like, when I first met you, you asked all the questions and I just knew like I was either going to have to be vulnerable or not be with you. Like, you weren't going to settle for anything less than like vulnerable, deep, whatever. Yeah. How old were you yeah. when you guys met? Not old. Well, funny story. We met when we were like 13, 12, 13, I don't know, um, at a swim meet. 
No we kidding. were on a travel team together. I still have, we have not found the pictures or nailed down the time, um, but we did not meet again until I think it was like 35. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. you had already started down this path. Oh yeah. So he was, he's the next, the breakup and then there's him. Mm. He is the get real clear <laughs> on how you want to feel and how you want to be in relationship. And I swear like that's what manifested. Mm. It's bizarre. Um, I call it's not bizarre. It's, never it's what was, was supposed it, to be. It's the work. And it's honestly, it's all in the work that I do, um, which is amazing because I tell people that I'm like, this may sound crazy, but this is how I got into this relationship was following this path. And we call it a dream. And so like I have a lot of the clients, we write a work dream. How do you want to feel and work? Like, what does it look like on a day to day basis? Yeah. And it needs to be not today. Like, what's the dream? And then what are the little steps that will get you there? Yeah. Um, and so I did that for a relationship too. Like I have a work dream, I have a relationship dream, um, all these different areas. And it, it's weird when you put things on paper sometimes. It's not weird. You know, yeah. you're, I mean, I think on one I hand- I think it's weird like, to say out loud, but it works. I don't know. know. <laughs> I just like, it just is what it is. Of like, course it works. Yeah. It, it, mm -hmm. I, I think it's, you know, I think when we, each of us, when we step into our power, when we step into mm -hmm. our purpose, I think there's just something so incredible about it that, that yeah. the people that are supposed to be with yeah. you for that come to you because yeah. it's just so unusual yeah. that you see mm -hmm. someone yeah. do it. And that's been my growth, right? When I talked about like the, you can choose to like engage with people that don't get it, right? Or they don't want it. And that's where the whole like just because you can doesn't mean you should well, and you're dimming I, your light for that right and so and you're then that puts me in hustle mode it puts me in prove it mode and that's not where I need to be um the work I do and who I work with and who I'm in relationship with I have that really clearly defined and I think over the past couple of years like I've been tested like have you really grown in this work have you yeah. really like understood the lessons and I've said no to some opportunities and some people and projects. And I kid you not, the right stuff comes right after. Mm. It's and, like the universe tests yeah, you, right? I've, I've yeah. heard that in neuroscience before it's that people talk about it. It's like, yeah, it's do you really yeah. want this? Are you sure? Right. Right. And so that has been a lot of like, even in the truth collective work of just getting really granular on that. And I don't think I had permission. I had not given myself permission to say, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is how I want to feel. And I'm not settling for anything else. I'm kind of doing that with trying to look for a house right now in this insane market, God, by the this way. Is what I is literally said that. House. I was like, I'm not settling. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, cheers to not settling, yeah, right? Cheers, cheers to not settling. Lauren Sykes, this has been a joy. Thank You're you. Great. No, you are. I could keep going. I could too, but I mean, look, time's up. Time's up. We're going to run out of room on our cards. Yeah. Thank you. You're so good. No, you're so good. Give me a huggy. If you're loving the Amstigator podcast, the interviews, the stories, and the vulnerability, I'd really like your help to share it with more people. And you can do that by reviewing it. The more positive reviews a podcast has, the more likely it is that Apple and Spotify and Google and everywhere will share it. And if you take the time to do that, I'm giving you something really special. I'll send you my free ebook that I don't have anywhere else on my website. This is my path to transformation that I started 
in late 2020. It has my routines, my schedules, uh, what I took on, what I let fall away. It's truly how I do life, honestly, how I work full time at the TV station, how I have three tiny children, how I still make time to do this purposeful work. And it's something exclusively for podcast listeners who leave an honest review. So here's how you get that ebook. If you want it, just go to amstigator.com slash review. That's where I give step-by-step instructions on how to review the podcast. It takes you two minutes. You'll share your email so I can send you the ebook. Bada bing, bada boom, it's done. And literally, it's something exclusively for my podcast listeners who go to amstigator.com slash review and follow the steps. It's how I say thank you to you. Your review really can help place this podcast where more people will see it. And that's why I started this, truly, to help as many people as possible. So you're a part of that. Amstigator.com slash review is where you got to go. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.